guys, welcome back to another episode of the Hugo Girls podcast. Maddie here, and this week is another solo episode for you guys, which I feel like is super fitting because this week's episode is all about being independent, the importance of being independent and working on you for you. So that last part might seem a little cheesy, but I feel like we often overlook ourselves and look to other people for validation, for verification, even for courage sometimes. So we won't do things unless we have someone to do them with, or we won't wear certain things if others disapprove. And we're so consumed with being judged by everyone that we often look to others to help define who we are. So that's kind of why I wanted to jump on the podcast this week and talk to you guys all about being emotionally independent, what being emotionally independent means, and how you can get there if you're not already. Um, So that's pretty much it. But with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into my high, low, and future high, and then we can chat about being independent. Let's get started. So my high is that Colorado actually just got hit with a major storm that brought in so much snow. So in Denver over the past two days, we got over a foot of snow and the mountains got even more, which made for some epic ski conditions. So I decided to take the weekend to myself and drive up to the mountains to ski. So all of my friends are sick or they had a super busy weekend. And honestly, being by myself is just always a good time to reflect and recharge. So... I just, I wanted to come up and ski. Last night I went to yoga, I made myself some homemade chicken tortilla soup, and then I skied um, today. I got up early and was on the mountain for about four and a half hours, and it was just good. It was nice to have time to myself and to enjoy the snow. The weather is absolutely insane. We're actually about to get another storm. I'm recording this on Sunday night, actually, so right before it goes up. And I'm leaving tomorrow morning because I don't have class on Mondays and I was considering leaving today. But in all honesty, it's snowing outside. It just, it looks miserable out there in terms of driving. So I'm just going to wait it out. The storm should stop at about 12 tonight and then I'll drive home tomorrow morning. But yeah, my high was just skiing and having alone time. And my low is honestly kind of a vague one, but it's uncertainty about the future. So I'm a control freak and I like to plan my life and know what's going on at all times and that's just how I am. I I need to always know what's going on. I like to have things under my control. Well, I applied for a business conference in New York and it's literally in less than three weeks, guys, and I still haven't heard back and that's stressful for me and I need to apply to internships over the summer, but I don't know where to look and I don't know where I'm living over the summer or who I'm living with and I don't know at this point in time where I'll be living in the fall for study abroad and all of these things are really, really, really exciting things, but it's just the nature of the uncertainty around it that's making me a little bit anxious. Though on the bright side, it is allowing me to focus on the present because I feel like I often get caught up in the future. Um, But yeah, that's probably my low, which I say this every week, but if that's my only low, then I'm doing pretty well I'm because it's all very exciting stuff that's happening. It's just me being in my head about not knowing. I guess that it's my low. And then my future high is kind of a silly one, but it's just exercising this upcoming week. I have some super exciting cycling classes planned. Like there's an Ariana Grande versus Rihanna one and Nicki Minaj versus 50 Cent. Like it's just going to be some really 
I'm going to be able to take some really cool classes. Um, I'm going to go to a couple of yoga classes. I'm just really trying to maintain my healthy lifestyle because on the weekends I kind of let myself go in the sense of I don't do the traditional workout. I will ski or I'll go to yoga, but it'll be like in the mountains. It won't be my normal like yoga sculpt practice or whatever. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to get getting back into a routine. With that being said, I know that those were some pretty quick high lows and future highs, but I just wanted to go ahead and jump in and spend the meat of this podcast really talking to you guys about the importance of being emotionally independent. So when I say that, I'm not talking about financial independence. That's a completely separate topic. I'm talking about being able to go places without other people. So for example, when I first started my fitness journey, I didn't want to go to a fitness fitness class or I wouldn't go to a fitness class without someone I knew. And that's because it made me feel secure. I'm going to be talking about being able to be alone, be alone with your thoughts and have positive ones while you're at it. So I went through a time period in high school where I was constantly busy because when I wasn't busy, I was alone with my thoughts and my thoughts weren't a happy place to be at the time. So I'm just going to talk about ways that you can be independent in that sense. I'm talking about not looking for your worth in your best friend, in your significant other, whoever it may be, but instead seeing yourself as your perfect companion. So all in all, what I'm saying is to not let others hold you back from doing what you want to do out of fear. So yes, of course, everyone wants to be able to get to that point where they don't feel like they need other people in order to do the things that they want to do. But the big question is, how do we get there? And believe me, guys, I am by no means an expert. Um, I'm just sharing the following topics with you guys. I still get nervous walking into places alone. I still get nervous being alone with myself for days on end. And that's normal because humans crave other human interaction. What I'm saying is that I've had... A significant change in my life and I've seen that in myself over the past year and in how I went from being very very dependent on many people to feeling at peace with myself so these are just I think there's seven ways yeah I think I have seven different little bullet points about how to be emotionally independent and some of these items were taken from the law of attraction.com so I'm in no means trying to plagiarize or take someone else's words as my own. Um, but I did take a couple of these tips from thelawofattraction.com and I'll add my own personal antidotes to it. And others are just very personal tips, like things that I wrote down that I feel helped me become emotionally independent. So the first one is become a nonconformist. And I get it. It's easier said than done. But try not to be vulnerable to popular opinions or the majority just because it's the norm. Instead, trust your instincts, your ideas, your principles, and most importantly, your own gut feeling. So guys, it's super, super fun to fit into the crowd and to seek attention. I get it. It's very easy to do. But don't just do it because it's the popular thing to do. So my friend Sophia posted something on her Instagram story yesterday that really resonated with me and I wanted to share it. She talked all about vanity and how more and more people are becoming vain due to social media. So she discussed the world of taking constant pictures to share with others so that you feel somewhat validated. And she made a good point when she said that it isn't going away anytime soon because it's not. With just growing social media and more and more jobs being created, like 
bloggers and influencers and whatever XYZ jobs coming from social media. It's just becoming more and more prominent in our lives. But what I really appreciated about her sharing this topic was that she made the point of knowing why you post. So she said for her that it was to bring a sense of positive energy onto other people's feeds and to share things such as her current outfits or what she's doing or coffee shops. She's a very big coffee like blogger, I guess. So she had to sit down and define why she's posting. For me, while I do enjoy posting, I more so love social media because I'm inspired by other people's lives. They give me ideas for what I want to pursue next, what city I want to live in, what I want my house to look like, what foods I want to be eating, um, what career choices that I didn't even think of at the time that are out there. They just really inspire me. And like Sophia discussed, it's a very big part of our lives as millennials, as Gen Xers, as Gen Zs. And so you have to look at it in a healthy way. And I believe an important part of becoming a nonconformist, going back to my original tip, um, is to simply acknowledge the norm, to acknowledge the trends or even the popular opinions, and then forming your own based on what you see and what you know. So it's not to say that when you see someone on social media that is creating a trend or doing whatever you're like oh I have to do that because it's a trend or no I can't do that because it's a trend there needs to be a happy medium um and it's just kind of forming your own thoughts and your own opinions based on what you know and what you see so the second thing that I wanted to discuss with you guys is being authentic so insist on being authentic. Every single person has a gift to offer to the world, and that's why we're all here. I strongly believe that. And it's easy to become down on yourself when your gift doesn't seem to fall in line with what is normal or trendy or socially acceptable at the time. It's okay to carve your own path, because how do you think trends became trends? Someone had to start them. And with the world of social media that we live in, we tend to see the highlight reel and assume that people who started these trends did it so easily. And that wasn't necessarily the case. So don't feel like you're failing just because what you think is your gift isn't socially acceptable or isn't popular right now or isn't something that everyone else is doing. It's still a gift. And sometimes it's very easy to not recognize that you have this talent I'm gonna say talent for lack of better words because I was listening to a podcast the other day sorry guys quick tangent but um it was the skinny confidential and I don't remember what episode it is but I'll put it in the show notes if I can remember it was a great episode and they had on a guest and he was talking about talent versus um skill because talent is something you're born with and skill is something that you learn and I feel like often we use the two words interchangeably so if someone is a fantastic artist, they'll say, oh, they're so talented. No, they worked really hard at it. Like they they practiced and um, they did art for a really long time. They didn't just wake up one day with this ability to do these incredible things. Or if someone's very musically inclined, well, yes, some people are more naturally musically talented, quote unquote. It's not a true talent because they're still working at it. Every time they sing, every time they play the piano, they're practicing. And so that's why I'm saying the word talent loosely here, just because I feel like um, it's very easy to see your gift as 
a true talent and if you don't have something that comes super naturally to you then you think that you don't have a gift it's totally okay to like quote unquote make your own gift if there's something that you enjoy doing and that you become really good at it that's your gift that's something that you have to offer to the world so when I say insist on being authentic I'm saying spread your gift and use it to impact the world in a great way So number three is surrender unnecessary dependence. So the whole point of this episode is to come to become more self-sufficient and emotionally independent. So you may think, well, duh, like obviously you need to surrender unnecessary dependence. But an important step in this process is to identify where you are currently dependent on taking inventory in your life. Often this can be found in relationships, and if you aren't in a romantic relationship, you tell yourself that you aren't identifying yourself in other people, when nine times out of ten, you're just projecting this acceptance onto other people. I know this because I do it. I watch my friends do it. Humans crave belonging and acceptance and being wanted, so it only makes sense that we depend on others for this. But you can often find the solution within yourself. If you feel as if you belong on this planet for a purpose, for a reason, You're going to feel a sense of belonging. You're not going to look for that sense of belonging in other people. If you accept yourself and you love yourself, again, you're not going to seek acceptance and love from other people. And while, yes, it's nice to have a support system, to have a loving family, to have friends, to have a significant other, that's all healthy and that's okay as long as you don't feel like you can't do things without their permission, as long as you feel like you can't do things without asking them. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, skip number four and go to number five because I feel like it just transitions really smoothly and that's to stop asking for permission. And out of all the things on this list, this is the one I struggle with the most. So if you're constantly asking for others' opinions on their or their permission, you're becoming dependent on their ideas and values instead of your own. And guys, I am the most guilty probably of anyone that I know on doing this. I do this with everything. I say, hey, do you think this looks good? Hey, do you think I should do this? Hey, do you think, like, is it okay if I do this? When it has nothing to do with that person, I just feel the need for that validation. So when you ask someone for their opinion, chances are you already have the answer you're hoping for and you just want their approval. And I know that because I do it. I see my friends do it. So next time you're about to ask for someone's permission, look introspectively and determine what you want and go along with your own instinct. So kind of going back to number four, because I did just jump over that, that's to keep promises to yourself. So think about it like this. In any healthy relationship, there's trust. So why shouldn't the same be true for your personal relationship? If you tell yourself you're going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day and you don't, You're not keeping that promise to yourself. Okay, we're going to do a little exercise for a second. Ready, guys? (laughs) Disassociate from yourself and look at you as another person. Okay? Are you envisioning yourself as another person? Like, you are looking at this other person. And this person says to you that they're going to meet you at a 7 a.m. workout class every day for a month. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Now you have a gym buddy. You have someone you can rely on. Okay, they don't show up. 
the human brain is wired to now see that person as unreliable, as untrustworthy, as flaky. And the next time you ask them, hey, you want to go do this? Do you want to go to a workout class? Do you want to grab lunch? In the back of your mind, you're going to be like, oh, but they've canceled on me or they didn't show up for a month or they didn't show up last week when they said they were going to. That's how the mind is wired. So why would it not be the same on a personal level? Well, it is. (laughs) The biggest step to becoming emotionally independent and self-reliant is that sense of self-trust and you're not going to gain that sense of self-trust without making promises and keeping them to yourself. Number six is to arrange alone dates. Personally, one of the biggest steps I have taken in my own self-growth is practicing doing things alone that I would usually do with someone else because I feel as though if you practice, it's going to make it permanent. That's something that my band teacher in literally middle school used to say to us because you hear the expression all the time, practice makes perfect, which is true if you're doing if you're practicing it correctly. But regardless of how you're practicing, practice is going to make permanent. So you need to practice being alone. You need to practice having this alone time with yourself. For me, the biggest shift came after my boyfriend of three years and I broke up and I was so used to doing certain things with him that when the relationship ended, my original thought process was that those things had to end too. Or that his role in those dates had to be filled by someone else, by a friend, by a family member, whatever it may be. But then then I kind of switched my mindset and I started taking time alone. And I realized that it's okay to do things like go to a movie or go get dinner or whatever by yourself. Like there's no shame in that. For example, this weekend, like I said, I came up and I went skiing alone and that... That may seem like super weird to people, but sometimes it's very grounding and humbling to spend time with yourself and realize that you are okay to be by yourself and not feel that sense of reliance on other people. And once I started practicing these things, once I started practicing arranging alone times, alone dates with myself, I began to gain my self-esteem back. I became more comfortable and and making plans without others. I didn't feel like I had to go to yoga class with someone. I didn't feel like I had to ask for permission from someone. Kind of all the things that I've discussed up until this point, up until this point, oh my goodness, guys, I'm tired. (laughs) Um, They just started to fall into place. And also when you do these things by yourself, whether it be just taking 10 minutes in the morning to read or listen to a podcast or even just like go to the grocery store by yourself. Once you start to spend that time with yourself, it's another way to practice self-love, which ties hand in hand without being, of not being um, emotionally independent. Sorry guys, it really has been a long day. I I skied a lot of blacks and double blacks today, which is just really out of my comfort zone. I never ski that. Um, But I actually met up with some people who were a lot more extreme skiers than I was. And I didn't want to be a wimp, so I did it. And now I just feel like I'm brain dead. Like, I'm so tired and my body's fried. So, (laughs) sorry, ignore me. But number seven, (laughs) the final tip is do not feel the need to explain yourself. And this one kind of goes hand in hand with stop asking for permission and arranging alone dates with yourself. 
you don't always have to have an explanation, guys. If you don't want to go do something, respectfully and politely decline the invite. It's okay to say no just because you want to. You don't feel like, or you don't have to feel like you have to be like, oh, no, I can't do that because, or I have this going on, sorry. And I personally realized this when I came to college because I did not realize that I did it a lot in high school, but I did. I would use my parents as a cop-out. I would use sports or schoolwork or whatever as a cop-out. I'd be like, oh, I would love to, but like I have something with my family tonight or I have to work or, oh, I have a giant test tomorrow. You don't have to do that. If someone invites you to do something and you genuinely just want to spend time by yourself, be like, Thank you so much for inviting me, but I'm going to pass. We should do something another time. And if you don't want to do something another time, then don't say you want to do something another time. You're allowed to say no without explaining yourself. And on the contrary, it's okay to say yes just for the hell of it as well. You can say yes because you want to. You can say yes because you feel obligated. You can say yes for so many different reasons, but you shouldn't have to explain why you said yes to other people because you do not owe others anything so there's no reason that you should owe them an explanation for your actions because they are your actions and I think that that was a relatively short podcast episode but that kind of wraps up everything that I wanted to talk about I just wanted to get this short little episode out for you guys like I said (laughs) I'm very tired very brain dead from today Um, but I hope you enjoyed I am going to have all of these um, listed on our website, which is, who? let me look that up. I actually don't know. But if you guys didn't know, we created a website slash blog just so you guys could kind of see the more hands-on, like tangible version of our podcast. Um, it's kind of like the cliff notes for the podcast, if you will. <laughs> but it is hoogirlspodcast.wixsite.com and it's in our Instagram bio. So if you're not following us on Instagram, that's at Podcast, H-Y-G-G-E, girls podcast and we actually have a lot new a lot of new followers so thank you guys for listening and we do hear your um opinions of what you want the podcast to be about topics you want us to discuss if you want us to have special guests we are listening we are taking note and so we do have some um pretty exciting episodes planned for you guys in the upcoming month so with that being said thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the who girls podcast my name's maddie and next week i'll be back with emma for episode 20